Hello, good evening and welcome to episode 31 of Chalk Talk here on Microbrew Radio. Here tonight over Skype joining me, I'm talking with the one and only Arf and Dad. How are you, mate? Hi, Dave. Yep, yeah, uh, I'm uh, doing good. Um, hope you're keeping well. Yes, very well. Thank you. Very well. Um, really appreciate you joining us. Obviously, you had, a, you had a bit of a hectic one yesterday, returning to the country and then going out to play the doubles. So Yeah, that that was a long day yesterday. Um, obviously, I've been out in China for about three weeks. Uh, it kind of like uh, sort of clashed with the Ultimate Pool Pairs Cup, last yeah. 16 group that we were in. Uh, so I kind of rushed back for that, um, made it just in time and I literally went from the airport straight down to uh, Players Pool Club in Stoke um, and then, yeah, played my group. Didn't get through, unfortunately, but gave it our best shot. Um, it's a bit of a volatile format, races to four against, you know, other quality players. Yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't much in it on the night. So the other second match was Nip and Tuck. Um, Stevie Dempsey uh, has done what he's been doing all season, really. Um, yeah producing the goods when it mattered that was I that saw, really i saw dave hitting a hitting a golden break against you as well so yeah it's probably worth seeing that just to see his uh, little salsa dance, little dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm gonna i'm oh. gonna get him on the show at some point and he'll, he can do it for me live on air yeah he's, he's a good guy he'll uh yeah he might tell you where that dance has come from and his near near death experience um, in the in the first stage of the Pairs Cup when they that was crazy that was yeah uh, was... yeah that was crazy when I when I tell people what happened they can't believe they actually rocked up to Stoke and still play the group and yeah. still got they got through too so got through. Uh, yeah it's, it's a, a major story it's a story to tell the grandkids anyway yeah. Um, to anybody that's listening to the show tonight, obviously this show has been pre-recorded, so please try not to send any questions through as they won't be answered. Um, but we'll we'll move on. I've I've actually got a question for you quite quite early doors often, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask you. Um, it's from a, a mate of mine, Atif Mafus, otherwise known as Toffee. Yeah, I know him well. Yep. <laughs> I'm a bit scared now. What's the question? Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's asked how it feels to be the second best best the second best pakistani player behind himself in the uk well you know when he started saying second best i thought he was saying second best in keithley and i, I could accept that because obviously <laughs> the first best is chris melling but um yeah uh, i think that that i'll take that with a pinch of salt okay. um as much as i respect toffee's game um yeah it might, there might be another pakistani player that that might be better than me but it's certainly not toffee <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Toffee. <laughs> we'll 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 see how he takes that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So obviously you you're fresh off the back of playing in China. You know you've you've been away for a few weeks. How was the experience this time round? Uh, yeah, more more of the same really. Um, the um, the setup is you know second to none. The um, you know they don't do anything by small measures. They really. Uh, put a big effort into you know, to make it all look good, and uh, you, you kind of what you see on the live streams is um, essentially um, you know really good arenas, the setup. Even though I mean the tournaments that I've been playing in this year, they have been in like uh, pool clubs in China. They're not the pool clubs are still like you know really good ones, and um, the only downside is the the smoke factor because uh, obviously uh, in the UK. Uh, smoking is banned indoors, but in China the smoking uh, isn't banned, and 
okay. I think every every pool player that I've come across in China, it just, just seems to uh, light a fag up um, during during their timeouts or anything like that. They they love their smoking and the smoke. Um, obviously, I'm I've never smoked in my life, and I don't I'm not fond of that smell and the way it clings onto your clothes, on your hair. Uh, it's, that's the only downside I have with with uh, what I've experienced since yeah. uh, China opened up again uh, after COVID. Yeah, that's fair enough. It must make it quite more enjoyable, you know, having other players go over from the UK with you over to China. Oh, yeah. Um, I think if I was doing this um, like on my own um, in terms of the only UK player going over there, oh, it'd be so much more harder. I, don't, I mean, we have kind of discussed this amongst ourselves when talking about someone like Gareth, you know, he was doing it on his own for a number of years, you know, playing yeah. the Joy Stations, um, you know, playing the Joy Masters. A lot of the time he was going out on his own, not not just playing events, maybe doing promotional work and exhibitions. Um, obviously, he will have had a good um, good team around him because, um, you know, he's quite famous in China. Um, yeah. But he's still... You you always want one of your own there, you know, to talk. Um, just no, I'm not, I'm not saying they don't. The Chinese people don't um, speak English well, but just that that you know the um, banter and this general chit chat. You you, yeah. you can't you don't really have that with people out in China. Uh, as good as they are, you know, they are really good uh, to us. Um, but yeah, it makes it easier when there's other UK lads and there's quite a few of us. Yeah, that's fair enough. In your in your spare time out there, do you you know do you kind of go and eat together or do activities together? Yeah, we do quite quite a bit together, really. Um, each each city has had um, different things um, that we've been able to do. Um, Been I do a lot of walking to once a day, but I, I try and get the other lads to go for walks. But some of them aren't as keen. Um, like Sheppy, I share I, I room with Sheppy and. It's fair to say he's not a keen walker. I try and kind of like lie to him. Oh, you know, let's go out for a meal here, not knowing that it's like over a mile away or something. So I try, so I try and uh, convince I'm him to go you. for a walk. Yeah, and but yeah, it was funny actually. The the the, the most recent trip that I've just come back from, um, we actually walked like a good um, I would say a good couple of miles to this McDonald's restaurant and. Um, we we've got there and it it was closed. Um, so so he, he he wanted to flag a taxi down. So he, he, on the way I said oh, let's just carry him walking and we'll try and flag one down on the way back. He's he's tried doing that for for about I don't know a good ten fifteen minutes. At, at this point we probably walked a half a mile. Yeah. In the end we've we've kind of done a four mile round trip walking there and back. I think it broke him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, but but yeah, we've um, yeah, I've been I've seen some really good um, sites. We um, that the, the Silk Road trip um, in the first city that we went to in Langeau was you know some experience you know high in the mountains. A bit scary for someone like myself because I'm really scared of heights, but yeah, uh, me too. nevertheless, it was really it was you know the, the views there were amazing. Um, the weather's been really good too. Like the first couple of 
trips out, you know, the temperatures are in the early to mid 30s. So it was really, really baking hot. Um, even the last city that I've just come back from, temp- the temperatures, you know, for late October, early November, they, they were in the mid 20s to mid to late 20s, I'd say. So it's basically shorts and T-shirt weather. Yeah, a lot, a lot better than what we've had here anyway. It's uh, well, yeah. It's I mean, nice. first, first, the first sight I saw, you know, getting out of the airport was rain. So <laughs> nothing, nothing uh, changes Not uh, when no. it comes to Manchester weather. Not surprised at all. Um, so we'll take you back a little bit, and we'll uh, we'll speak about how you got into Paul originally when you first started. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, it was um, quite a long time ago. Uh, quite old now. Um, it was around, um, uh, I'd say, year the year 2000. Um, started working part time during my studies uh, in a in the local uh, McDonald's restaurant, and uh, I just met a couple of lads. Um, and one of them, uh, we, we probably just talking about pool, and I was quite competitive. I thought I was a good player back then, but, um, but I, I wasn't really. Obviously, I didn't know at the time. I thought I could easily beat the guy that. You know, uh, I was um, challenging basically, and when we did have a game, he wiped the floor with me. So, but it it gave me the incentive to, you know, keep coming back and keep. I, I, I took, I used to take some good beatings back then when I first started playing, because they were, the, the, these guys were really good. They they were playing in the local league, so they they had um, their skill level was higher than mine. I I could just put a good ball uh, yeah. after like, you know, um, starting playing around 2000. Uh, maybe join my first local league team uh, shortly afterwards. So within maybe three to four years, uh, I'd won the local league singles, and then uh, maybe the fo- following year, uh, I might have joined the IPA tour, um, which is really hard back then because yeah. there was no divide, there was no black black ball um, world rules thing. It was all world rules back then. Um, so yeah, when I joined, uh, you know, some of the amateurs were really good. Um, yeah. Uh, I think there was um, Hitton Patel was there. Yeah. He, he joined in the same year. Scott Higgins, I don't know if you know him. He's from Nottingham. He doesn't play much now. He really good player. Okay. Um, yeah. So there was some the the amateur uh, level back then was really strong. Um, obviously, all the pros were in one player, so it was really hard to breakthrough um, it actually maybe took me a couple of years before like I'm, I made decent strides in um, the IPA tour um, and eventually obviously I got my pro card uh, maybe three years into it maybe three or four years, I can't quite remember but um, yeah so I, I kind of stayed playing English pool maybe from 2000 and from 2000 to 2009, I think, and then I started dipping into nine ball because it's around around about the time Darren Appleton started doing really yeah. well with the nine ball, and it it took it took off in in England. Um, there was a couple, two or three good nine ball clubs uh, around my way, so I kind of um, uh, stepped back from English pool uh, for for maybe two two years, two and a half years. Played quite a bit of nine ball, a couple of Euro tours. Uh, and I enjoyed it once day, but I think that boom that happened with Darren Appleton's success, it kind of died off a little bit. Um, and I eventually returned to English pool, uh, maybe full, not full time, because uh, I've never done it full time. I've always had a job. Yeah. But in terms of Q sports, I was 
primarily play in English pool again, maybe around about 2011-12 again. Mm. So I, I obviously gave my pro card up on the IPA tour. After I'd left, I think the year I left the IPA tour was when the whole divide started happening. You know, when George Harwood got voted out, Kevin Barton took over as chairman, and then George went and set up his own uh, separate tour, uh, the UK pool tour, I think it was called. Um, that's when he started seeing some of the professionals on the IPA, some of some of the other professionals that went with George. So that's when he started seeing the divide, and I rejoined the IPA tour uh, under Kev's uh, chairmanship. Uh, the tables were weren't the best. I think they were using DPT tables. I don't know if you've heard of them. No. Uh, they weren't gr- no, they weren't great. That's what you haven't heard of from there. <laughs> uh, obviously, they, I think George, when he um, he kind of took all the old IPA sponsors with him, so whatever um, they were sponsored by, they obviously they had Supreme tables, they had um, you know Strack and Cloth and what have you. Um, they, he actually had the relationships with them, so he took the relationships and set up his is new tour. Uh, so the IPA were kind of like, um, they, they, were, they were having to start from scratch really. So, because, you know, they had uh, nothing in terms of Supreme wouldn't sponsor them for table. They've had to, you know, play on these, uh, I don't know, d- different manufactured table, DPT tables. Um, yeah, it wasn't, they weren't great at all. I think they might have only lasted a season or two. I might be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure they weren't around for long until they started uh, maybe buying their own Supreme tables, I think. But yeah, um, but I didn't really stick around for long again. I can't quite remember what happened there. Um, I think I might have maybe played a year or two and then maybe I dropped off again and then rejoined properly maybe in the late... um, to I don't, maybe to, after 2015, 2016. Uh, my memory's not the best at, n- nowadays. Um, I've been nicknamed D- Dementia Dad uh, by one of my good <laughs> mates, Jordan Church. I quite quite, quite re- recall uh, everything. But yeah. Um, so eventually, like I, I, when I did rejoin the IPA tour properly, I, I got my pro card back again. Yeah. Within, within, within a year, I think. Uh, and I've been playing more or less um, English pool um, since then, uh, uh, dipping into nine ball every now and again. And obviously, I was playing the Chinese eight ball um, since 2016. So I was always doing that um, since since 2016 up until COVID happened. Then you yeah. obviously had the, the the whole thing close up for two or three years, I reckon, maybe. Yeah, I'd say maybe best part of two and a half years uh, until obviously it's reopened again this year. Uh, it's been it's been good to get back out there and yeah, play Chinese eight ball because yeah, it's, I mean a lot of the English pool boys that um, are going out there or have played the game, they all you know they we're all in agreement that the, the actual Q sport is a much better Q sport than English pool in terms of. You know um, the the prestige involved and the prize money and the setup, the difficulty of the game, and you know you've got to play properly to to have any 
semblance of success out there. So you know, it's it's a good challenge for us all. Yeah, that's good. I mean, what originally triggered you to to go abroad and and start playing the eight ball? But you know, were you invited over, or did you just say, right, I'm going to start doing this now? Yeah, uh, it was actually um, uh, obviously a good mate of mine uh, lives in the same town as me, Chris Smelling. Um, he was the one that um, uh, they'd already been out there maybe a few years prior, I think, with it, playing in a Joy, one of the first uh, editions of the Joy Masters. Um, I think it was uh, Chris uh, McHill, Gareth Potts, Darren Appleton, and maybe Carl Boyce, maybe the fifth one that they all went and played in the uh, one of the earlier uh, editions of the Joy Masters. Uh, I think Gareth beat Chris in the final of that, that to win his first Masters title. Yeah. Uh, and then because they, they obviously made a bit of a name for themselves out there, Chris. Um, he got um, uh, he got to know Victoria from um, Sheffield. She she has the uh, snooker academy there. She 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 does she manages a lot of the Chinese snooker players. Yeah, and she's got a she's got a close relationship with Star, uh, the 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 table manufacturer of you know world snooker tables, and uh, they also have uh, Chinese eight ball tables. So it was. The tournament I we I was invited in first up by Chris was the uh, Star World Chinese Eight Ball Championships, 2016, and in that uh, year uh, there was a good 20, 25 British lads that went out there, uh, like yeah. basically who's who's who of Chinese, uh, not Chinese pool, uh, English pool. Um, so you had obviously you know the big players um, like Chris Mick, uh, Darren, and then you know you had. Uh, likes of Clint, Ironson, uh, some of the Welsh big hitters were there, uh, Ben Davies, Craig Marsh, Sam Ward, uh, obviously I was there, Jason Twist yep. uh, was there, I, I think Daryl Peach might have gone there, Scott Gillespie, so so you know it made, made the qualifying quite tough because all, all these you know top British players were going out there, they were uh, gonna go into the qualifying stages to get into the main stages of the, the actual world championship. Yeah. Um, so the qualifying was quite difficult back then too, due to the depth of player that was involved. Obviously, that was just British players. There was obviously overseas players that were in the qualifiers too. You know, some top nine ball players and you know so, uh, some uh, yeah top uh, queues. Uh, can't quite remember all of them, but. Like Pagalion and uh, maybe Corey Duels were there, and yeah, some good players were going out back then. What's it? So just going back to kind of like ultimate pool. What what is it like? Obviously, as you mentioned um, prior to the show, you had your doubles last night with Craig. Um, what is it like? You know, constantly facing these big names, and you know, you know, you have to be on your game. You know, you have to be at full potential to to make you know to make something happen so what is it like coming up against these big names all the time um i mean i i kind of take it all in my stride now because obviously i've you know quite um an experienced player um it's you kind of um acknowledge the challenge which is you know you you might not get a shot for a few frames or you you might not have enough chances to win a match uh so you kind of don't um like 
you know get too negative or you know uh, about playing a certain caliber of player because I don't I don't look at any player now thinking oh I can't win that match. I, yeah. The way I look at a match now is um, you know if it's a first to seven match you know if I get my seven chances I need to take all of them to win that match. If I you know if 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 I've only taken six out of seven chances and I've lost seven six then I've only got myself to blame. So it's it's all hopefully that if you if you get your chances then. You, you know, you you kind of need to take all of them. That's the mindset all the top players will go in with, I think. So, um, and if you if you haven't had those enough chances to win the match, then you can't really beat yourself up. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't. I I think that would be the same with most top players. They would they would um, approach uh, a match like that against uh, anyone on the Ultimate Pool Pro Circuit. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's I completely understand that. Um, obviously, you played in the doubles last night with Craig Waddingham, who's been on the show before. Um, he's a good lad, Craig, isn't he? Yeah, I've known Craig uh, since he was a young lad. To run to the, he, uh, he's always been uh, a confident lad, um, brilliant potter. You know, one of, probably one of the cleanest potters we've got in the game. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, he's um, obviously a really good teammate to have. Uh, you know, when um, you've got someone that's confident like, like Craig is, uh, yeah, and and really nice uh, kid too. So yeah, uh, been a great partner uh, for myself for the last. I think we've played it for three years now. Falling at the same hurdle all three, all three years. But it's just it's one of them. Like if we've been close, you know, on three occasions, but it's just it's not. It's not happened in the second stage for whatever reason. Little bits of luck that have gone against us, but yeah, we don't lose too much sleep over it. Is it? It's just the way it's meant to be. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you want to talk us through last night a little bit and how it went down? Uh, yeah, I can do. Um, so obviously started off. Uh, well, it actually started off on a bit of a difficult note because <laughs> there was. Um, bit of um, I don't know disagreement with my choice of footwear it wasn't a choice really because I mean I'm adamant the shoes I have are perfectly fine but I've been told that you know Ultimate Pool have told me that they're not you know they don't fit their dress code or whatever whatever it is but in the end obviously that's what I've been wearing out in China uh, because I hadn't gone home I'd literally Stepped off a plane. Yeah, yeah going to, that's the only pair of shoes I had on me. So I explained that to Lee Kendall, and obviously he wouldn't, he wasn't having it. So it was a bit of a disagreement about that. I just, you know, kind of just said, if I'm not able to wear these, then I, you know, what, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to buy it. Go and buy, buy a pair of cheap shoes that I'm going to just wear the once. Yeah. Uh, so I just said, you know, if I can't wear them, what? I won't play, simple as that. But in the end, I I, I happened to wear Lee Kendall's shoes yesterday when I was playing. So he, he was a size nine. So he said, I've got, he only lives around the corner. So I ended up walking to his house. He gave me his size nines and they weren't they weren't his lucky shoes, put it that way. Because so, we didn't <laughs> get through. But um, yeah, that's the shoes I was wearing. So it, that's how the night started for me, really. I rocked up. I wasn't expecting that. I thought they'd they'd might you know they'd seen a bit of bit of common sense of you know I, I understand they have told me 
you know the, the the shoes are not suitable but it's not like I've been able to go home and get the other pair of shoes that yeah. I didn't take to China with me um Ultima Pool's the only organisation that's not allowing me to wear them shoes, so it is what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the night started off pretty pretty well on the table. Uh, we had a really good close game against um, uh, Mr. Salsa, Dave Fernandez, and Adam Basu. Uh, it was actually a quality game, really. I'd, um, made, 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 I, I think I started off a little bit um, sluggishly. I was a bit worried. Uh, about the cue ball because I've been playing uh, Chinese pool for like three weeks. Last time I did three weeks out there, I really struggled to get to grips with the cue ball when I tried practicing. This that was like just practicing in my pool room and it took me two or three days just to get comfortable with like moving it around. But actually, you know, as soon as I got on the table in stock, I actually felt all right. It wasn't as bad. Um, so I did I did feel like my cue ball. Uh, control wouldn't be as bad as I first feared um, but still w- when it came to the actual matches I p- it probably wasn't um, under complete control um, so I'm, I think I made maybe a couple of errors maybe positional errors um, and that um, probably cost us a 2-1 lead early doors but it was kind of nip and talk we, we We've got it to like two all. Uh, Dave's hit his golden break where he broke out his salsa dance, uh, three two up to them, and then I've took a, a nice nice finish to go three all, and then uh, they broke dry in that last frame, and we managed to take a, a quick finish to to uh, pip them uh, close to the buzzer. So it's not often he's here for uh, seven frames in a twenty minute match. So. Yeah, we managed to win that 4-3. Um, the second match was against, on paper, people would say our you know, toughest match against the Irish lads, uh, Stevie and Carlo Donoghue. Um, and it was nip and tuck all the way. Um, I, think, I can't remember how the scoring went. We might have gone 1-0 up, 2-1 two, two down, and 2 all with maybe two and a half minutes left for Stevie to break. So I've, you know, I was saying this yesterday. I've, I literally, you know, Stevie's had such a great year, but, um, you know, the, his his game is full of confidence, and you know, when someone is in that rich vein of form, you just don't expect him to break dry, and you know, it obviously breaks really well anyway, so he deserves a bolt off the break more more times than not. But sometimes you can hit good breaks and not pot a ball or something happened, maybe the cue ball getting kicked off. But yeah, I just didn't expect, uh, you know, Stevie to mess up, you know, even with two and a half minutes left, um, he kind of did what he had to do. He, he, he took um, took his time with the finish, making sure there was no time to to play another yeah. frame. So he yeah. took, took uh, yeah, ran the clock down to literally a second. Um, yeah, so that left them three, two up my break uh, in my singles frame to try and you know make the golden eight ball so uh, I think did it looked like it was going into the left middle Stevie said and it got kicked out um, quickly yeah. towards towards the top of the uh, top of the table but just the way it's meant to be um, again um, Stevie's had such a 
um, wonderful year on the table. So yeah, it just go, you know goes on 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 and on for him. Um, yeah, and then um, obviously we knew that the uh, after that loss um, it wasn't in our hands, so we we had to go into the third game uh, knowing that you know, we can win that and still not get through. Uh, in the end, we ended up losing that three-two, the same as the second game against Pete Fisher and Mikey Tomlinson. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was that really. Um, so what promised uh, to be a good night, the way we won the first game, we ended up losing the next two, pretty close ones, three-two, uh, and finished third in the group um, behind, obviously the group winner Steve uh, and Carl, uh, and then obviously Pete, Pete Fisher and. Mikey Tomlinson definitely second. Uh, we came third. Uh, yeah, and uh, so we're not really sure. We were talking because obviously you know, the prize money is not great. The Pairs Cup now. It used to be the first year we played. The, the prize money was really good, um, but worth playing in. But we we're not sure that we're gonna bother with it now. Uh, it's just you know there's not much value for money i know that you're playing on tv and but monday nights you i'm having to take a day off work uh, yeah i don't i'm not sure we're both we're both in the um in the same kind of like um thinking in terms of whether it's worth playing yeah because uh, there's no ranking points involved too so yeah hard. it's just one yeah i'm uh, we just have to see how it goes also obviously the way i've had to rush back from china for this one too so it's obviously that yeah. um, some of that is is playing into my thinking but we'll, we'll see i'm i'm going to be concentrating mainly on playing the the pro series events uh, next year um the ultimate pool ones yeah uh, and then however that works around the chinese stuff yeah that's fair enough yeah is it definitely a mad rush for you to to return back to the country yesterday and then go straight there um you know and then to be told you can't wear the shoes that you've got it's a bit of a nightmare yeah no i I knew i mean i I mean i I think i was half expecting maybe they might have said yeah no we understand your situation uh where you've come back from Uh, you know it'll be fine Uh, yeah yeah it is what it is um yeah. In the end, I kind of like just accepted it for what it is. Uh, yeah, I tried, much. tried to argue my point, but yeah, I ended up wearing the uh, the boss's shoes. We'll blame Lee. We'll blame Lee for the loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they were they weren't lucky shoes. Put it that way. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, often talk to us. Uh, talk to us about you going the wrong way on the M62. Yeah, yeah. So you did ask uh, ask me to come up with a funny story. Uh, this has been told to uh, many a pool player by Chris because he likes repeating the same old funny stories, uh, especially about me. <laughs> so this so this one is quite familiar to quite a few pool players. So I've got to um, put some context in here. So it was quite early into my uh driving uh career i would say it's not a career really but you can imagine like obviously i've a newly passed driver um uh, not really 
you didn't really have Google Maps or anything like that back then, so it was just kind of yeah, yeah, sheet of paper or follow the signs. Um, so I used to always um, get on the M62 um, to go to a, um, a pool club in. Um, it was a place uh, called Upton uh, in uh, South Yorkshire. So I always used to get um, on the M62 on the east uh, M62 East carriageway, and um, so when Chris asked me to put, pick me up from the airport, he goes, "Just get on the M62 like you normally do." So obviously, I'm thinking, "Yeah, like I normally do." Uh, M62 East, in my head, this is, um, which is um, what I ended up doing. So I've, I've got on the M62 like I normally do, driving. On the eastway, uh, carriageway, uh, carried on driving, driving, driving. Chris is ringing me. Where? How long are you going to be? I said, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really know. I can't really see the airport sign yet. Um, obviously, um, I won't do because I'm driving the wrong way. Obviously, I, I didn't know at the time. <laughs> so, so he goes, um, what, what, what signs are you seeing? Seeing at the moment? So, I've, I've explained to him the signs I was seeing. I, I can't. I might have said Beverly or something like that. Um, so heading towards Hull. Oh, uh, yeah. So I've, 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 at this point, when he rang me, I must have driven on the M62 for a good 20, 25 miles uh, in the wrong direction. Uh, so he's um, he's he's kind of clocked on what I've done. Uh, so in the to cut a long story short, I've I've ended up turning around, um, and um, they've actually ended up catching a train to Leeds train station from Manchester Airport. And I've ended up picking them up, uh, picking them up from the Leeds train station in the in the end. Uh, so I never even never even ended up at Manchester Airport. That would have been yeah, that would have that would have been my first drive to Manchester Airport back then. I can't quite remember, but what year that would have been? Maybe the early two thousands. Chris might know because he's like I said, he's probably told this story a thousand times to people. He'll know. He'll know. I'll I'll get it out of him. <laughs> Yeah, is it has he been on the show? Yeah, or is he? Yeah, we've had Chris. Yeah, we had Chris about oh god, I think it was July time. I think maybe maybe even August. Um, right. Uh, we we nearly lost him because I had him I had him on Skype like I've got with you, and I was in the studio, and uh, his phone was lit, it was about to die like whilst we were on air. I was like, that's not like him. Have you not that's charged like him? Mate, he is brutal at charging his phones. The amount of times he put his phones on the... It's like, I've got OCD, so I, my, my battery has to be 100... I'll charge it. I don't even charge it overnight because I've got a thing where I'm thinking that's going to affect my battery health. So I just... I always charge it in the morning. So as soon as it hits 100, that the cable's out. You know, I don't let it go. I don't let it stay in uh, any of my devices. So it's my OCD thing. But his phone's the complete opposite to mine. He's he's got like thousands of unread emails and you know eighty, ninety unread text messages and just all these red warnings and that would just send me crazy. And if you look at mine, I've literally got no red warnings because I'm all I'm always on the ball with all that kind of stuff. So his so his batteries low. He's you know got thousands of unread unread messages on various messaging platforms and. <laughs> yeah, it's the complete it, opposite. He's he's not well organized, put it that way. We yeah, we, we listen, we nearly lost when it. When yeah. it comes to when it comes to phones. Um uh, but I'm surprised I mean, did he them questions that you told me to uh, prepare for, what did he ask him to 
prepare, uh, like, uh, tell you a funny story. I'm surprised he didn't mention this one. Yeah, no, he he gave he gave a story whilst he was out um, from one of the ones when he was in China, and I think did he did he swear? I think he swore out in China, and I don't think he was allowed to. Um, oh, I can't remember that one. Uh, was it was it that, or did he did he wear or did he wear a shirt that had something offensive on it? Oh, uh, I've not no, heard that one before. I'll have, to, I'll have to listen to that one. I'll have to listen to it back, or you jump on Spotify. You can find it on there and uh, right. And have a listen. Okay. Might... Yeah, we we nearly lost him, and then he had to he had to run and and go get his charger. So I had to try and we were live as well. So I had to try and entertain the fans whilst he right. was uh, whilst he was gone. But yeah, it was a it was an interesting one. But he made it back. He he got his phone on charge, and we were we were ready to go. So it was. Uh, it was all good. Um, so here's a question: Which do you prefer between um, eight ball pool out in China or the Ultimate Pool series? Um, yeah, eight ball pool uh, in China because I just enjoy the game better than English pool. Uh, even though obviously English pool is uh, my uh, stronger uh, cue spot because I've obviously. Had played it for years yeah. i just enjoy the challenge of challenge of playing chinese eight ball i feel like you know you've got to really play well you know to to win a match out there uh, whereas um english pool you can you can lose to a a, a bigger pool of players if that makes sense because the yeah. game's uh, easier uh, than chinese eight ball chinese eight ball you've you know obviously got the really tight pockets and uh, yeah, a different cue you're using, different uh, different balls, a different dimension of table, different cloth. Just just a big challenge for us. Obviously, the Chinese players, the top ones, they make it look really easy because they they they'd be like the top players on you know the Ultimate Pool Tour or the yeah. you know IP, IPA Tour. Um, so the top players make it easy. You know whichever organization you play under or whatever cue spot and that's what the top chinese players do out there they, but you know the the english players has um obviously sheppy played really well in his last couple of matches he's he's showing um you know some really good um like firepower there now because he's um uh, the numbers that he's putting up on the board in terms of finishes uh, off his own break and you know, um, bear break or like an eight ball visit. You know, the Chinese numbers are always really high when you when you look at the. Um, I don't know if you ever follow the live score. And there's you got the score um, for the, for both players, but yeah. underneath that you've got another two set of numbers, and one of them is break and finishes, and the other one is like it's either a reverse di- a reverse finish or your first visit to the table that you take an eight ball finish out i think okay. Okay. um and uh yeah so the numbers that the chinese guys post like they they, they play a race to 11 match and you know the the top guys are posting like nine or ten finishes out of 11 frames uh, and and Sheppy in his last two games he beat a top chinese player uh posted some really good um uh, numbers with the finishes and and then you obviously l- l- lost a narrow one against another top Chinese uh, Zhang Kumpeng who's won quite a few tournaments in his short career so 
you know, obviously Mick, Mick's had a consi- consistent time. Um, Clint had a good run in the first one that he went out to. Chris has been really consistent. Um, I've I've done all right. I've I've I would say the last trip was probably um uh, probably my um in terms of performances like the most inconsistent I've been. Like I've I had some good matches and some not so good matches. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot most of us are still wondering whether the queue is right for us and yeah it's just because we're kind of dipping in when we're going out there and then like we we won't have a tournament now maybe for i don't know four months maybe uh i think it could be late february or late march maybe there might be a, an event before the big event the masters event that which is joy's marquee event every year it's like their world championships um, you know the one with the big, big first prize, like seven hundred thousand dollars or yep. whatever it is. Yeah, that's all right. that's... yeah, that's that's that could be our next event, and it's not until like late March. So, so we're, we're we're at the start of November now, and a lot oh, of us will won't be picking our queues up at Chinese Eight Ball until um, we're we're back out there in you know uh, early twenty twenty four. So. That, and whereas the Chinese Chinese guys, they they'll be they having tournaments weekly and playing on that table, playing and practice. Yeah, yeah, they, that's the big advantage. But that's the challenge we we know that we're always gonna have because we just you know because of where we live, we can't do what they do. You know, we can only really play English pool, and because it's it's one thing having a table at home and just constantly playing. Um, Chinese pool, but we just won't have those you know, regular tournaments that we can play in like they do, unless we'll kind of do six to 12 month stints out there and really dedicate ourselves out there. But again, that's a, a single man's game, isn't it? You can't really do that with a, family. Young, a family and a, a full time job, or yeah, even, even like likes of Chris, they've been offered, you know, um, to. to to like stay there for six six months or whatever, uh, but it's it's not easy. Do you know what I mean? It's like complete yeah, different culture and you know the food is you know I was uh, the the most recent trip like you gotta you gotta be lucky if there's you know you always have your Western um, f- fast food outlets like your Macidis and your KFCs and Pizza Huts. So, but you don't really want to be going there uh, every day or every Maybe. other day. So the last city was it was probably uh, in terms of food for me because obviously I'm a Muslim too, so I have to have um, I have to have halal food. So yeah. it would um, there wasn't many options for me there. So I've uh, I've had more McDonald's in the last three weeks. I've had. Uh, than I've had in like maybe two or three years in, in the UK, so it was just plenty of fish fillets and <laughs> you know uh, margarita pizzas from Pizza Hut and yeah, that's about it really. Uh, but at least you were eating, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it, it, here's an interesting it's, it's question. You know how in England um, you got quite a lot of uh, what's uh, what's the word I want to use? Kind of players that get a bit kind of mardy around the table when they lose a frame or, you know, something, they get a kick or 
they rattle a rattle a pocket and they they kick off a little bit, kick a bit of a fuss. Do many of the Chinese players are they are they like that or are they you know very professional? Honestly, I've never ever seen a Chinese player like show emotion like that. They, they, really? they obviously we make kind make make started calling them robots when we first started uh, going out there. Not not because obviously they're so good and but they are emotionless. Do you know what I mean? And if they just even when they win and they'll obviously smile and everything, but there's no you know the 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 big cheering or whooping going on or anything like that. Even when they there's a bad miss, they you know you might get a little bit of disappointment, but they won't lose that. They won't there won't be any cue banging or you know uh, muttering to to themselves. Like uh, yeah, honestly they yeah they in terms of um, behaviour they they're really professional. Um, you know we like I said we've all shown emotion around the table. I yeah. I used to do that quite a lot in my younger days and maybe one or two other occasions. <laughs> but as I've got older, I've started to control my emotions better. But them, them Chinese, like even the young ones, they, they literally must be, I don't know, They either it's either in their culture to not be disapp- disappointed. Cause, so, you know, like if, you, if you're from a... Um, well, I, I, if you're not from a privileged background, if if that may, if that, if I can use that word, sometimes, you know, because they they haven't had that um, what's the right word that that kind of privileged life. Yeah. You know, it, it it won't really matter that they might have had a kick or if, you know they've had a a bad role. They just they, yeah, they just appreciate that they're a professional pool player, right? So. So you don't really get that um, that kind of like uh, bad behavior on a pool table from the Chinese players. They they really are professional. I've never seen one anywhere. I mean, I don't know if any other player that's been out there has, but I've never come across a Chinese player showing bad behavior. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's so just something I've always thought about because I, you know, I obviously see it a lot here in England in in the local leagues and competitions and things. You you see it nigh on every competition, you know. So it was a quite an interesting one, but no, that's good. Um, just how has Ultimate Pool made a difference to to pool in general? Do you think? Um, so the biggest compliment I compare to Ultimate Pool is that, you know, the exposure as pool players now is as big as it's ever been. Um, so the first, obviously I didn't join in the first year. Um, I was still playing on the IPA tour, um, which I could have joined. Um, Chris, he obviously he did join and he was asking I should also join. Um, just one second, my daughter. She's about to go to sleep, so she was gonna um, try and kiss me <laughs> first. But anyway, um, yeah. So the the exposure that we've been um, given by Ultimate Pool, uh, it, it was clear uh, because um, you know we could get sponsors a lot more easier because you know it was being shown on live TV. Uh, so yeah, that's I would say that was the the biggest difference I could see from a from a pool player's point of view. Uh, and obviously the organisation um, 
was really good. The the um, you know the uh, the live TV, the arenas, um, just it just looked better than what anything that that was happening at that particular time. Um, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I would say um, it's, it's obviously increased our value as players to you know businesses that want to uh, put their logos on our shirts and what have you. That's fair. Um, so we're close to kind of closing out the show soon, Arthur. So there's just one more thing I'd like to do with you. Um, every week on the show, I allow my guests to pick their own personal five-a-side team. Okay. Um, yeah. So obviously you're you're going to be number one of this team. You you know it's your team, so you've got to be in it. So you get to pick four players to complete your five-a-side team um, at the risk of upsetting many people. <laughs> um, I'll let you. I'll let you take the reins. You you get to pick four players to complete your own personal five-a-side pool team. Right. I mean, three three are pretty easy because I kind of um, grew up around these three, and they're probably gonna be in most people's top fours anywhere. Uh, obviously, Chris. I've known him uh, ever since I've been playing pool because he's from the same town as myself, so he's. He's gonna. I've got to put him there. Otherwise, he's gonna probably give me a telling off. Yeah, no, but I think he's he's probably earned the right to be there. Um, and obviously the the next one's McKill again. Uh, arguably the greatest ever, uh, six times world champ. So gotta gotta chuck him in there. Um, and the fourth one, if I'm yeah. in the team, uh, will be. Uh, Darren Appleton. Appleton, yeah. Um, so I would say Darren was the one that I admired the most because of his doggedness and his will to win, and you know he was just a brilliant competitor. Uh, what he did at English Pool and then uh, transferred that onto the the bigger table game, uh, nine ball. Um, what he achieved in nine ball in such a short space of time is. Yeah, it was quite inspiring. Um, so those three pretty easy. The f- um, yeah, the fifth one. I mean, I, obviously, uh, I'm gonna go with like you know players I've played with. Um, how is it? I mean, Gareth Potts. I have actually played with Gareth. Uh, it was a doubles tournament um, when they used to have the uh, the festival of pool in. I think Hinkley, uh, the old IPA tour. Uh, so I could put him in there, but do you know what I am going to put? Someone I learnt quite a lot from because we played a couple of years uh, as doubles partners and he's sadly not with us anymore because he passed away, um, Jason Twist. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to put him in there because I played doubles with um, Jason in the, the IPA to uh, the world championships and you, you get to know the knowledge a player has when the, you're, obviously you're discussing certain shots at certain times in the frames and you know Jason's knowledge was really really you know eye-opening for me so I've um, got, got had a lot of respect for Jason anyway before I partnered with him and um, we, we became really good mates so yeah, I'm gonna put him in, put him into uh, 
and obviously he's not with us anymore. But yeah, he was a top, top, top player and a really nice guy too. Yeah, uh, obviously missed missed by everyone in pool. Yeah, it's a it's a great addition to to an already strong team, and as you say, it's a it's a big loss to the pool world. Um, was a big shock to everyone. Um, yeah, it was because it just came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, it was. Um, I remember getting the call from Chris about um, Jason's passing, and when he when he said Jason's pass, I actually didn't even click on. It was he was talking about Jason Twist. When he said Jason's pass, I thought he meant Jason Shaw for some reason. I don't because you know I, I, that's the first Jason that came into my head. But when he said you know Jason Twist, he obviously was yeah gutted. Big shock. Yeah. Yeah, massive shock because we. Chris and Jason were really close, and I got to know Jason quite well because we we actually ended up um, the first time I went out in China. I was rooming with Jason, uh, so we spent a good two weeks out there together in the same hotel room. So I got to know Jason quite closely back then, and I think that's how we became doubles partners because um, you were allowed uh, uh, to have an amateur and a professional, and because I was. Uh, uh, a new player on that IPA tour again. I was still, I hadn't had my tour card, so Jason obviously, I asked Jason, or I can't remember which way around it was, but we, was, we knew we'd have a, a strong chance anyway. Um, sadly, we didn't really get beyond the quarters, I think. That was the best we, we did in the two years we played together, but yeah, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll, it will be missed. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so, so devastating loss that was to to the pool world. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, listen, it's been excellent talking to you. You know, we're we're nearly timed up now. Um, but it's as it was a good show as as I as I knew it would be often. So I really appreciate you coming on again. Um, I'm oh, going to appreciate you, it. No, any time, honestly. I'm just going to give you the opportunity now, just before we close the show, um, for any shout outs you may have, whether it be to sponsors or family or anyone that may be listening. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, first and foremost, you got to give your sponsors a shout out because, um, you know, they uh, help make it happen or, you know, make it easier uh, to do what we love as pool players. So, you know, my sponsor, uh, my main sponsor, I would say at the moment is probably my Q sponsor, LPQs. Uh, then I've got um, Lawrence, Lawrence Thomason, he, he's been backing me. For a good couple of years, become really close with Lawrence. Uh, so, I've got to give a shout out to to Loz uh, and um, my other sponsors, obviously Prashad, uh, Bobby Patel. He's done so much for a lot of pool players. You know, he's um, put a lot of money into Ultimate Pool uh, because he's he's sponsoring so many um, uh, amateur players and, and a few professionals. So. Yeah, I think he's taking a step back now because he's got um, some, some um, personal stuff to sort out with, like moving into a new house and what have you. But again, you know, he's so passionate about pool that he's, you know, spent a lot of money trying to help people, uh, you know, get on uh, that road to success. Um, yeah. So yeah, so gotta give a shout out to Bobby Patel and Prashad if you've not been, Dave, honestly. I know they've sponsored me. That restaurant is the best food I've ever had in any restaurant. 
Listen, I love food. So. <laughs> if you ever, if you ever up north, or you know, just, just let me know. I'll let Bobby you're gonna know. Take me, yeah? you're gonna take me. Yeah, take me. I'll. T- I mean, uh, yeah. If you, if you, I'll, I'll take you. I'll go. Uh, you know, um, I, I wouldn't. It'll just be an excuse to go to Bobby's restaurant again. So that's <laughs> fine. We'll. Yeah, yeah. The food is is it's a vegetarian Indian restaurant. Okay. It is so tasty. It's it's, it's brilliant food. Um, I think anyone that's been uh, and had that food has, has said the same thing. Um, and I think the other sponsor, they um, I've obviously got the hair doctor, does the hair transplants, and obviously the last one is uh, Kamui. So th- those uh, sponsors have been with with me for a good couple of years now. So. Uh, uh, some longer than that so just want to give them a shout out um and anyone i can't i mean i can't think of all the names but anyone that's helped me uh, along my pool journey in the local pool leagues so people that mentored me and then um other other pros some of i've already mentioned like you know the, not only was i playing with them they, they used to help me too you know likes of chris and darren and make you know we all yeah. good mates you, you, you kind of like lean on them for, we talk about pool and life in general so yeah yeah just anyone that's really helped me i can't think of everyone yeah, special shout out for toffee yeah toffee's he's a good guy he's he's uh yeah i take it you know him quite well then dave uh, yeah he, 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 he plays pool in the leagues around here around burton with with myself yeah with with Played against each other many times, so. Uh, right. No, yeah. he's, he's he loves the game, so he's he he's a good kid too. So, yeah. But uh, when I do play him, I've got to put him in his place. So he's a Liverpool fan too. So I can't have a Liverpool fan beating me. Oh, you're a United fan, aren't you? Yeah. So. Okay. Fair. Uh, fair. Okay. Would you, would you Are you a Liverpool fan? Um, so I follow that. Well, I'm a Burton Albion fan because I'm from Burton. They're my. Burton, yeah. right. At my club, but I follow Liverpool, unfortunately, mate. All oh, right. Wow. Fortunately, so, so we're we're, we're so surrounded it. by now. We'll end yeah. it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, let, let, let's do end it there, because. Uh, no, you know, yeah. Uh, listen, it's been uh, absolutely excellent having you on the show. If you just bear with me a moment while I close out the show, we'll uh, we'll have a little chat after. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Excellent, mate. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. That was awesome, Dad. Everyone, um, I'm sure you've enjoyed the show as much as I have. A couple of shout-outs for myself. Just to my sponsors, um, first of all, to Tawam, uh, the guys in Finland, please go and check out um, their chalks and obviously their other items that they have available. And then to Potter's Club up in Swadlingcote, there is still spaces in the competition for the end of the month. So please speak to Vinnie Loden in regards to that. And also please check out Potter's Cues. I think there's been a, a new haul of cues that have come in for them. So please go online and check them out. But for now, from myself, I hope you have a great weekend. And thank you for listening. This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say Alexa, play Microbrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks. <laughs>